Let's be honest. If you're not thankful for Joseph Daniel Votto, can you even call yourself a Reds fan? We look at why we are thankful for Joey Votto, why we are thankful for the rich history of baseball in our fair city, and why we are thankful for great deals on beer before the first pitch. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's go. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to tell you some of the baseball things we are thankful for as we enter this Thanksgiving time of year with our family and friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. It's where Jeff Carr is thankful for the over, and it's where the game starts. Speaking of things you are thankful for, Jeff Carr, let's get right into this first segment because this is a big one, and it's something you and I talk about all the time when we're sitting around the ballpark or, or when we're you know doing our uh, our bourbon hangouts uh, via the internet to video. But we talk about Joey Votto a lot, and we talk about his career. We talk about how underappreciated he is. We've spent some time this offseason really breaking down where he ranks in Reds history. And, and I'm happy to see you have included him here in our What We Are Thankful For baseball edition today. 100%, Steve. We are thankful for Joseph Daniel Votto and his Hall of Fame career. Make no mistake about it, he is a Hall of Famer. Let's lay it out, Steve. He's got a resume that every single Hall of Fame hopeful wants to have coming into it. And I believe he's going to add to it this year. We talk about it quite a bit. He's about to be the comeback player of the year in 2022, which means all of these numbers are probably going to get even better. But let's take a look at it. He is hopefully, so long as he's healthy and everything is good, we, uh, we don't want to jinx that, but as long as he's healthy and everything is good, he's going to become just the sixth Reds player in the history of the franchise to play over 2,000 games for Cincinnati alone. I love that stat, Steve, because it just shows how much of a career and how much of a career Red he is. And as we have said before on the podcast, probably the last career Red we will ever see. Yeah, I think that's probably a true statement, uh, especially with the model that the Reds are adopting as far as how they want to try and make themselves relevant and competitive. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of flipping and churning of this roster. And I think the days of uh, a career guy in Cincinnati uh, are probably coming to an end, which is something that's very sad if you look at the history of this franchise and how many Hall of Fame players have have had whole careers in this city. And, and Joey Votto is probably – uh, going to be the last one and an asterisk on that because he could very well end up playing someplace else in 2024 and uh, we'll have to change that narrative just a bit but uh, I agree with you is probably one of the last guys that will hit this uh, 2000 games mark uh, as a member of the Cincinnati Reds 
Steve, Steve, we're being thankful. We're being positive. Don't bring up things like Joey Votto playing in a different uniform on today's podcast. Anyway, let's get back to the good times. Joey Votto, 64.3 career wins above replacement. According to baseball reference, he is the fourth best red in the history of the franchise when it comes to that statistic. I think people forget. You talk about all the Hall of Famers that are on this franchise list that everyone has seen play. He's fourth ever in the history of this franchise when it comes to war. And war is a cumulative stat. War brings everything together. And the longer that you play, if you're good, you're going to continue to accumulate more. So that's that's a stat that I think will go up a little bit more this offseason. I, I don't know that it's going to go crazy in 2023, but it's definitely going to increase. And that is the kind of number that's going to get you into Cooperstown. So this is the number that I always look at when people are debating whether or not Joey Votto is already a Hall of Famer. Because a lot of the guys that are are, are anti Joey Votto is already a Hall of Famer come from a, a certain era. And 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 I don't blame them for being a little, you know, biased to their era. They got to watch the big red machine, who we'll right. talk about later. But, you know, that era will defend to their death. They'll die on their hill about the, the Hall of Fame worthiness of Tony Perez. If you think Tony Perez is a Hall of Famer, then you have to support Joey Votto being in the Hall of Fame the day he retires. Right. Because Tony Perez wore career, the Cincinnati Reds, 45.6. Joey Votto is almost 20 points higher in war than Tony Perez. If Tony Perez is a Hall of Famer, Joey Votto is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easily. And I look at some of the other stats as well, and they just support what we're saying. We're talking about a dude who has put together an illustrious career at the plate. Now, his career on base percentage has actually come down over the last few years because he used to be first. He's second behind Frank Robinson with a 412 career on base percentage. He's fifth in the franchise when it comes to slugging at 513. But when you put those two numbers together, the only guy in the history of the Reds franchise that has a higher on-base plus slugging OPS is Frank Robinson. And Joey Votto's is at 926. I think it's only like 30 points lower than Frank. I don't think he's going to eclipse him no matter how good he goes in 2023. He probably, I mean, you know, if he has a you know perfect slugging percentage of 4,000 and a perfect on-base percentage of 1,000, then okay, sure, maybe we're talking about that. But... That is still the kind of number that absolutely blows everybody else out of the water and a a, a stat that really you put all the rates together and it's just a beautiful number to see. And and talk about some amazing company. Anytime that you're, you know, just a little bit behind someone named Frank Robinson, I think you're probably (laughs) doing something right. The next two numbers that we should talk about, Jeff, are numbers that I really like because they they tend to blow up a narrative that's out there about our man, uh, Joseph Votto. Uh, Joseph Votto walks too much and doesn't hit enough dingers. Joey Votto's not clutch. He can't bring home the RBI, doesn't do uh, the runs batted in thing very well. He just wants to walk. Well, I'm here to tell you that his 342 career home runs is number two on the all-time Reds list. That's number two. And those RBIs that he never brings home, he has 1,106. That's third best in franchise history. Right. And that's, uh, see, one, 
two, three. Yeah, so there's only two guys in the history of the franchise that have had more RBIs than him. Now, to the argument's point, sure, Tony Perez is number two, but if we are looking at the season that we think he's going to have, if he has, I believe it's uh, 86. It's in the 80s, 86 RBIs. I think so, yeah. If he has 86, he will eclipse Tony Perez for number two overall in franchise history. And then, of course... Our favorite stat that nobody else really likes to count whenever we're talking about an argument for Joseph Daniel Votto, and that is walks. And everybody just stopped listening, but hear me out. 1,338 career walks, best in Reds history, and it's 128 more than Pete Rose. And counting, 120, that's a whole season, maybe two seasons worth, depending on how good your plate discipline is, of walks that Joey Votto has over Pete Rose. Just absolutely a phenomenal number. I think that it's too often dismissed, but the fact that that difference is so vast cannot be dismissed. No, and and listen, I understand that there's there's certain times that you can actually say that a hit is better than a walk. If you've got runners right. on base, if you've got things going on uh, where you can move a guy from first to third, there are times a hit is better than a walk. But but listen, on base is on base. And that's right. 1,338 more times that Joey Votto was on base. And I'll take it. I'll take that over 1,338 more strikeouts or 1,338 more flyouts. You know, that's right. just that's just the way it is. He got on base. And it, and it leads into all these other numbers we've talked about here today. Uh, I just, I don't know how a rational person could look at this list and not check his name when that hall of fame ballot comes out eventually with his name on it. Uh, I just, I don't see how it can happen. I, I, I will never understand anybody that could possibly try to formulate some kind of argument against Joey Votto, the hall of famer. I agree. And, and I, I just think that, Overall, what we see from Joey Votto, and even nowadays too, like one more, you know, one more point to the walks argument. Even nowadays, Joey's just like, yes, a hit is better than a walk, but guys, a walk is better than a now. Period. There's no argument there, and we are thankful for Joey Votto and his Hall of Fame career. Listen, Jeff, Cincinnati, the Queen City, is the spot that started it all for professional baseball. And coming up, we will be thankful for the deep roots of baseball history here in the Queen City. But before we talk about, I want to shout out today's podcast sponsor, Simply Safe Home Security. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind during the holidays. Here's why we love it. It's super customizable. It's not a situation where you have to buy a bunch of things that you don't need or you don't want to get the few things that you do. Uh, the system integrates well into your home and it's easy to self-install. No need for a tech to come out and schedule something uh, or have a bulky unit that damages your home or messes up the, the design plan you've got going on. It blends in pretty seamlessly. Uh, and in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents used Fast Protect technology available exclusively from Simply Safe to 
capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so that you get priority police response. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. Uh, you'll save 50% today on your Simply Safe security system simply by visiting simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, normally at this spot in the show, we would be promoting what's coming up tomorrow, but this is a holiday week, so Jeff and I are going to take a little break. We're going to go enjoy some turkey and some ham and every other thing we can stuff in our face during this Thanksgiving break, so we will be back at you Monday next week talking all things Reds baseball, but right now we are thankful, and one of the other things that I'm thankful for, Jeff, is uh, the history of baseball here in Cincinnati. I mean, oh, yeah. we we haven't had a lot of winning over the last couple decades, and I know there's this whole lost generation narrative out there uh, that haven't really got to experience a lot of uh, modern day winning. Uh, but there is a lot of history here and a lot of things to be proud of surrounding baseball in the Queen City. And the number one thing is being the number one thing. Uh, baseball's oldest professional franchise, the birthplace of professional baseball in 1869, asterisk. Yes, I know Cam. I know Cam's listening right now and yelling at his podcasting device. I know. But 1869, the first guys got paid in Cincinnati. We can have that other debate on another day, Cam. I welcome you to bring it on. But it is the birthplace of baseball's oldest professional franchise. And, you know, that's something that the, 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 the team and the city have done a tremendous job over the years celebrating. I love looking back on how the Reds started all of this and, and like, you see it in Ken Burns baseball, the documentary there that sometimes pops up, I think, on uh, Prime or something like that. I don't know. I don't have it on VHS. But when I look at that documentary and I see all the different stuff that they talk about the 1869 Reds, and when you go to Cooperstown and you see the stuff that they have on the first Reds team, the Red Stockings, as it were, it just it's awesome to see that back then it was just some guys getting together who happened to be super awesome and yeah, they beat the crap out of everybody because they got the be got together the best players in the game. A mm, little bit of an interesting thought there to bring together, you know, a lot of good players and put them on a team and see if you can win a bunch of games. But I I love the fact and baseball history has always been a huge part of my baseball fandom as a whole. And I think that stems from the fact that we root for the uh, first professional franchise. And yes, I know we we can argue because there was that little bit in the end there where the Reds wanted to sell beer and they didn't want them to sell beer. So they stopped me in the team and blah, 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 blah. But that's uh, for another podcast. It's all <laughs> about the beer. But listen, being the first professional franchise is not where they stopped with firsts. Uh, over the years, they have had a lot of firsts uh, that center around the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, one of those is just being the first team to have all their games broadcast on the radio. You know, that's what happens when the guy that owns the team also owns a company that builds radios and also owns the radio station so right. you know it was it was the first i think real example of the direction baseball was going with the marketing and the 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 tying in you know we see it now with the teams all owning a piece of the regional sports networks you know that model that business model started 
right here in Cincinnati with the Crosley family and the Crosley radios and WLW. That's exactly where that comes from. And love it or hate it, I mean, you know, there, there was a period of time there where the innovation of the game took place in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I still think that, I mean, Loki, even in 2022, you can make the argument that baseball is better on the radio than on television, which, you know, shout out to John Sadak and Chris Welsh. They do an amazing job of putting together a beautiful broadcast and Barry Larkin and, and everybody involved in Joel Luckup behind the scenes. But just overall, I feel like baseball was almost built for radio. And that continues even today. It's it's great to see that the Reds had such a deep-rooted history in probably the best way to consume the game as a whole. And also, you know, got a little Crosley radio right here. Now it's a Bluetooth speaker. It's not an actual radio, but yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen Cam's uh, gutted Crosley that he put the uh, Alexa inside so he streams the games and streams everything, but it's the sounds coming out of this vintage Crosley? Uh, have you, have you seen, seen this? If, yeah, if you yeah. haven't seen this, head over to Cam Miller Films on Twitter and look through his media feed. He's got some great pictures and videos of it up there. Uh, I thought it was a, a tremendously creative project, uh, something I may want to copy someday. Uh, but, you know, Crosley being uh, an innovator in baseball didn't stop with just being the first guy to put the games on the radio. Uh, he also recognized that he needed to uh, put the butts in the seats, as it were. <laughs> and it was hard to do with baseball playing all day games. And, you know, dudes have jobs. They got to go to work. So he decided, let's play at night. And Cincinnati, Ohio became the home of the very first night game in Major League Baseball on May 24th. 1935 i the the firsts for this franchise um and there's a couple of firsts that we're going to talk about here in a minute that will never be eclipsed there's there's one of them that could be eclipsed but it's never going to be eclipsed the other one literally will never be broken but just to go back and see and yes we don't have as many world series titles as the Yankees or something like that. Or, you know, I, I think there's so much more to the history of baseball than just world series titles. And people can get lost in that one thing The the reds were so innovative for the game of baseball. And I think that that is the reason why if this team does anything, it goes back to being a baseball town. Like right now, it still kind of feels like it's teetering on the edge toward football because of the super bowl last year. But uh, seriously, if the Reds are good at any point in the next couple of years, right back over to the baseball side. Another first, Jeff, and I think this is the one you're talking about that could be broken but will never be broken, is uh, Cincinnati is home to the only pitcher to ever throw back-to-back no-hitters, Johnny Vandermeer, on June 11th and June 15th, 1938, back-to-back no-hitters. What was the my, my my favorite stat about that? What was it was eleven walks that he had in, in combined like in both games? Like I mean, he was effectively wild basically, but he was able to pitch beautifully. And that was I mean, you talk about the thirties and the forties and the fifties. Guys were still pitching complete games with regularity if they were any good at all. And the fact that he was able to do this in back to back starts that won't happen anymore because you're going to see guys. Either they pitch a no-hitter, and then the next game they're on a pitch count. Or they pitch a no-hitter, and the next game they don't have their best stuff because, well, they really had to put it all out there in that last game. It's very rare that you see a guy throw a no-hitter with like less than 120 pitches. 
And when you throw 120 pitches, you're going to be pretty tired. And I don't necessarily think you're going to be not tired on the fifth day. And I just don't see a back-to-back no-hitter happening uh, no matter who it is. Like, you you can throw any name of a pitcher out there. I don't think they're throwing back-to-back no-hitters. And I know Nolan Ryan was probably the the last guy that had an outside shot of this, and and, and he never did it either. And I also think Vandermeer, in the third start, in after these two no-hitters, I think he went six innings of no-hit baseball before finally giving up a hit. So, Most you know, definitely. he was definitely uh, <laughs> in a groove. I might uh, push back first. and say Randy Johnson, but yeah, still not right. not happening. Another uh, first, and this is one that will never be broken. Uh, it just won't ever happen. June tenth, nineteen forty-four. Fifteen-year-old Joe Nuxall is plucked from the ranks of high school pitchers to make his major league debut. He would then go on to become the narrator of our childhoods. Jeff, what? <laughs> Did it feel like at some points last year they were going to try this? Like it seemed like the roster was getting to the point where we were just going to, you know, waltz on down to Moeller and be like, who you got? We need somebody like it was rough, but no, it's, it's never going to happen ever again. Uh, I I agree. Uh, You know, not first to ever happen, but you know, Cincinnati got its first uh, back-to-back world series wins in the seventies. And while that's not so historical, uh, the team that did it is historical. That is, of course, the Big Red Machine. We are talking about a team that produced three Hall of Famers and baseball's all-time hits leader. I know there should be four Hall of uh, He would be in the Hall of Fame. We're moving past that. It's Positivity Day. Yes. All-time hits leader and many, many more awards on that team. Uh, it's probably you know either that team or the 27 Yankees, uh, the greatest teams ever assembled pre-free agency, uh, you know, there's an argument to be had for what the Dodgers are trying to do out West right now, as far as greatest teams ever assembled. But, uh, you know, this is probably the last great team, uh, non-free agency, uh, ever assembled, uh, in major league baseball. I mean, I know people have probably put together like a stratomatic game of this, the 27 Yankees against the big red machine or something like that. But Honestly, I think you put them up against each other. I bet the Reds win a seven-game series. Like, the Big Red Machine was just so freaking deep in every position. And I know it's not a subject we talk about a lot on the Locked on Reds podcast, the Big Red Machine, but that's because neither one of us really had the first-hand experience with them. Everything that we know is through people we know or things that we've read or or videos that we've seen. And, And these guys were just so good, I don't want to lend my secondhand knowledge to it because let's be honest, I'm not going to add any more understanding to it because as good as these guys were, they are so much better than what we know because we just weren't there to experience it. Didn't Marty and Joe do some kind of like staged broadcast of a, a game between the seven, the big red machine and the 27 Yankees during a, a strike or, or isn't that in existence? Am I making that up in my head? Was it, was it the 80 or was it 90? Listen, yeah, because we were somebody out there knows during... the answer to this. If you know the answer yeah. to when exactly this went down, drop it in the comment section uh, of this episode, because I, I think I don't think I'm making this up. I think it happened, no, no, no. Jeff, because there, there was a point and I think it was I can't remember which strike it was, but there were WLW broadcasts of this because we were talking about this during the lockout. Um, me and some folks over there at the radio station that uh, they did. They did like these these fake games just to have a broadcast to put out. And yeah, I, I believe that that was one of those fake games. 
you know, there's other been other exciting moments in the history of the city. Uh, you know, it's rare for a city to get to host an all-star game. And Cincinnati got the all-star game in 88 as part of the centennial. Uh, in that game, Chris Sabo, that would go on to be the rookie of the year that year, you know, uh, comes into the game as a pinch runner. Riverfront Stadium explodes with electricity. You know, big moments in the city. Uh, wire to wire in 1990. Uh, following probably one of the darkest baseball periods uh, in the city of Cincinnati. In a time when Cincinnati, the baseball town, really needed a win. Uh, bring on Lou Pinella and the wire to wire reds with the nasty boys, Barry Larkin, you know, that team was fantastic. Eric Davis, Billy Hatcher setting a world series record that year uh, with uh, his batting average. It was just a great time in the city in 1990. Uh, so I think uh, the big takeaway here, Jeff, is that even though the present uh, has left a little to be desired, there's a lot of history to uh, fall back on and hopefully uh you know, good times are a coming uh, with the uh, the youngsters working their way through the red system right now. Which we will get back to talking about coming up next Monday. But Steve, there's an obvious concessions item that I'm thankful for. Bet you can oh, guess what it is. And one not so obvious deal that a few fans really only know about, of which I will express my gratitude towards coming up next. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net remains your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. Whether you want to look at futures for Major League Baseball, there's so much football coming on this. I mean, obviously, it's Thanksgiving. You think of turkey and you think of football when you think of Thanksgiving. And there's so much to check out at BetOnline.net for your Thanksgiving football, for the Sunday after Thanksgiving football when you're eating your turkey leftovers and all of the college football in between, plus college basketball's got all these tournaments going on right now for Turkey Day. So much information can be had for your next great bet all over at betonline.net. BetOnline's got point spreads. They've got money lines. They've got props. They've got uh, over-under when it comes to the total for the game. All kinds of great stuff can be found over at BetOnline, and they've even got obscure stuff, more obscure stuff if you want to bet on the World Cup which isn't obscure, but you know, not an everyday thing, obviously, but you can bet on MMA, you can bet on boxing and golf, you know, it's got some off season tournaments and it'll be back every week coming up here in a few months. All of that can be found at betonline.net because bet online is where the game starts. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Steve, we are coming into the stretch run here of this Thanksgiving episode, which I know we're dropping it on a Wednesday, but you know what? Happy Thanksgiving anyway. And we're talking about what we're thankful for. And my friend, I think it's very obvious. Well, listen, there's some dudes listening to this right now on Thanksgiving Day avoiding their mother-in-laws. That's a bet. <laughs> That's a bet you can go to bet online right now and take because that is happening. Yes, and thank you for doing that. Um, I'm thankful for Frybox. And on a day where we're going to be talking about a lot of food anyway, I am thankful for the beautiful cardboard box that's got four sides and a bottom to it that they fill with fries, they fill with chicken, they fill with pork, they fill with all kinds of great sauce, whether you're talking about the buffalo chicken, whether you're talking about the barbecue pulled pork, and 
all the great fixings as well because it by itself will definitely fill you up. And I know there was a little bit of a roller coaster there with me and and, and Frybox because it kind of felt like they were skimping a little bit at the beginning of the season and at the end of 2021. And you're just like, what is going on here, Frybox? I'm used to getting full off of this one thing and all of a sudden it's not happening. So what's going on? But no, they rebounded nicely. I'm happy to say that second or third last game of the year that I went to this past season, I got a very beautiful Buffalo chicken fry box that absolutely hit on the flavor. It was nice. It was tangy, had a little bit of spice to it, had plenty of chicken on top of all those fries and it filled me up right. So that the only thing that I needed the rest of the game was beer. Absolutely beautiful stuff. And Steve, I also want to tell you about this because I know that you only got the chance to come with me to a few games this past year, but when it comes to going to a baseball game. Pretty much everybody thinks let's hit the Holy Grail before the game because they got cheaper beer. Let's hit Condados because they got cheaper beer. Let's hit anywhere at the banks because they've got cheaper beer. But did you know if you go and I tried my darndest to look up what the actual name of this is, I can't remember it, but it's like the courtyard bar as you walk in the entrance by the Hall of Fame. I think it's called the Garden Bar. The Garden Bar. I think that's that's what they call it. I couldn't remember that. But if you go there, before first pitch, 16-ounce Budweiser's and Bud Lights are sixteen or $5 a piece. And, and that's where you will find me and Jeff. Listen, I didn't know about this place before this season. <laughs> and Jeff's like, oh, we're going over to the ballpark. I'm like, out of your mind. I'm not. No, he's like, trust me. We wore that place out, folks, when and I was in Cincinnati last summer. Yeah. That's yeah. right. We wore it out. <laughs> it is definitely um, a must, uh, a must see spot. And and when Ken and I went to a game during that stretch too, we kind of wore out the Garden Bar as well. Uh, shout out to Ken Obscure X Reds, one of our good friends. And speaking of our good friends and things we are thankful for, Jeff. Uh, you know, as I let you be silly in this segment, and I didn't write down what I wanted to talk about, I did that on purpose because I am thankful so much for this platform and this podcast and the people that listen to us every day. And I'm thankful for you. Uh, you know, everybody knows that we've been doing this for, you know, a half decade now uh, separately. And we joined forces this year. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for you and a shout out to you for uh, having the idea to combine our efforts and bring what I was doing over at Reds Alert into Locked on Reds. And really, uh, I think over the course of the last year, really taking things to the next level. And and, and we're not done yet. We're continuing to do that. Uh, But I'm thankful for the relationships that have developed out of doing this podcasting thing. If you had told me when I started this five years ago that, you know, I would be, you know, making friends with you know Chris Welsh and and John Sadak and 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 getting to spend time in the broadcast booth at the ballpark and you know wandering around the stadium and and having Reds fans just stop us and and right. want to talk the game and and talk about the Reds and talk about moves I would have told you you were nuts I would have never in a million years taken that bet betonline.net uh, never would have done it and uh, this thing has really just become something that I never anticipated and I never expected uh you know, I tell you guys every Aloha Friday when we go live how much fun I have just with the interaction and taking the questions and talking the game. And and you guys never disappoint. You you listeners and viewers never let me down when it comes to, you know, driving the baseball conversation and having interesting takes and, and interesting perspectives and things you want to talk about. It's what keeps me going. I know it's what keeps Jeff going. And I'm just so thankful uh, to have this opportunity. You know, I, I didn't do anything special in my life. Jeff 
Jeff didn't do anything special in his life to really have this opportunity. It really just evolved out of a, a perfect storm of circumstance for both of us. And, you know, it wouldn't continue and it wouldn't be something that we were able to continue to do if it wasn't for you, the listener and the viewer. So, you know, as we wrap up this Thanksgiving edition of the Locked on Reds podcast, I just want to one more time say thank you to you all. Thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the views. Thank you so much for the interaction. Thank you for stopping and talking baseball with us. Any chance that you get and please continue to do all of those things because it just brings me so much happiness and joy to get to spend that time talking baseball with you all. And on that thankful note, it's time to end. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Make your second listen to the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They've got you covered on all of the games today. We're going to have lots of previews for all of the Thanksgiving football games over on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's just like Locked On Reds. It's free and available everywhere you get podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Steve, we're coming up on some turkey, coming up on some stuffing, might be some ham, may or may not be some prime rib in my future. What can people expect from us when it comes to after all of that gets digested? Well, once we wake up for our, from our naps, we will be scouring the waiver wires. We'll be looking at the transactions. We'll be tracking the rumors and we'll be keeping you informed so that you, like us, can be locked on reds every single day.